Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys. Monday, December 4th, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, ready to break down the Monday NHL card. We got a six-pack, six games on tap here in the NHL for a, a Monday night. Uh, really, the only game I'm going to talk about for the recap, we'll get right into the game since it's a little later show as usual on Mondays, uh, is just that game last night. It was the marquee game. It's really the only one worth talking about. It's kind of a mediocre card yesterday. Uh, but Colorado and L.A. and the LA Kings with a very, very impressive four to one win. In fact, if you watch that third period, I mean, it's like Colorado couldn't get the puck out of their own zone. It was an extremely impressive display of dominance, of puck possession, of just controlling the flow of the game uh, by the Los Angeles Kings. And they were the better team for most of that game, but uh, especially uh, in the latter stages in that third period where they really took over. And we know we've been talking about him all season long. And I've, how many times have we talked to Kings game? And I've said, this guy is on the come here. He's on the rise. Uh, he's starting to get it together uh, and live up to that billing of where he was drafted by this hockey team. And that's Quentin Byfield. Terrific night for him. Uh, two goals last night in the uh, victory for the LA Kings. And after last night, and in fact, the power ratings will be up on the Patreon page later today. Uh, I will tell you right now, the LA Kings are number one in my power ratings, not in the league, but in the Western Conference uh, right now uh, after that win last night. That was very impressive. Uh, and right now, I like their form better. And I remember, it's a very flu fluid power ratings uh, setup that I have, that the current form is a huge component, maybe the biggest component of my power ratings on a weekly basis. And I don't know if there's a team in better form in the Western Conference right now uh, than the Los Angeles Kings uh, after that, you know, they str struggled at home early in the season, but boy, they've righted the ship and they've continued to play well. And they've gotten all that and then some from Cam Talbot and Nett, who was our one question mark coming into the year. Would they, you know, get the goaltending that they needed? And they don't need Cam Talbot with the fact they don't give up the high danger chances and the quality of off uh, offensive looks to the opponent that some other teams do. They don't need Cam Talbot to be phenomenal. They need Cam Talbot to just be solid, be sound and don't give up the bad goal. And for the most part, he has done that uh, for the Kings. Trevor Moore keeps playing well. Kopitar and Kempe and Byfield has been an outstanding line for them. They've got the best four de depth of centers in the league as far as I'm concerned, especially when you talk Kopitar, Dubois, and Deneau, one, two, three down the middle. I know Lazat's hurting right now, the fourth line center, but he comes back and that's a, as good one through four as you can get in the uh, uh, NHL with your center ice position. So very impressive. Hats off to the LA Kings for not only beating Colorado, but really dominating them, and in particular in that final period. Uh, Alex, I know that was your best bet uh, on the uh, show yep. yesterday was that L.A. Kings uh, money line look. Uh, thoughts on that game? Yeah, that was a, a fun one to watch and a, a nice cash to get. And like I said, L.A., you know, I've been hesitant to kind of jump and push them toward that higher kind of level in the, the rankings that you have because, you know, we're waiting, okay, yes, they have great depth. They're strong up the middle, but then, Cam Talbot playing out of his mind. How long can that last? That's the biggest question mark of it all, right? We're not worried about the depth. We're not worried about the really the defense. We've been talking about that for the last two and a half years. It's the reason why the Kings have been in the playoffs in those uh, last two years. But the goaltending is always that big question mark. Talbot looks great so far, and we got to ride this while it's still going. The thing is, 
in the long term, can he put together one of what would arguably be his best season ever on top of the fact that Phoenix Copley, can he at least try to get back halfway to the form he was last year being a formidable backup to take some pressure off of Talbot? That's, so that's the only thing that's got me from, you know, saying that, oh, L.A. is the real – I mean, they're, they're the real deal. They're a playoff team. They're a great team. But I think that one step over to being where we could talk about them legitimately winning this Western Conference and Pacific Division, the goaltending has got to either stay hot or they're going to have to make some kind of change, more than likely with Copley. Yeah, I think they do. They either need Copley to get better or they need to address the backup spot. It's simple as that. I don't think you can have Copley in current form you know, as someone that you want to bank on if something happens yeah. to Cam Talbot. Remember, Cam Talbot, for as great as he's playing this year, he does have a history of getting hurt. And he yeah. does have a history of injuries. So you don't want to be in a spot where, you know, Copley gets – or Talbot gets hurt and there's Copley and he hasn't gotten his form back and that's who you got to roll with, you know, in a big-time playoff series. So that's going to be a good – that's going to be a good thing to look for at the trade deadline. Do the Kings go for more depth in their goaltending spot at that time? I say they don't even wait for the deadline. I say they try to make a deal as soon as they possibly can to just bolster. Even if you get a guy who's an AHL depth guy and you can keep him in Ontario, and then if Copley needs to go down, then you flip him around. But uh, I think you you work on that now. Don't wait for the for the deadline because, like I said, you got this momentum rolling and you got Talbot playing well now. Take care of the, that beforehand so it won't even be an issue. And then if it pops up, Talbot you know regresses or he gets hurt, now you're already set. Yeah, 100%. And uh, like I say, I think you're right. They're eventually going to be looking at maybe something with goaltending, unless, of course, Copley finds his game again. But there's certainly no guarantee of that uh, right now. But credit to uh, the Kings for the win. That was not only Alex's uh, big win yesterday, but how about Keandre Miller for the New York Rangers, plus 600. Uh, give us the re- – because you weren't on the show. Give us your reasoning. What made you like that prop there, a bargain bin hit? Uh, just kind of laying in bed sick and thinking that a bunch of people could score for the Rangers because they're playing the Sharks. And so just it was just a matter of looking at good value. And, and, and you know, like I said, I've been looking at these defensemen a lot more because they're naturally getting higher numbers just off, off rip, right? No matter what, unless you're a Kale McCarr or Drew Doughty, you're going to find 400, 500, 600. You're going to find bargain bin for top-line defensemen just because they don't have the don't always have the, you know, opportunity to score as often as forwards. So that was really kind of the the, the firm reasoning behind that, I thought. And, and no, I've noticed that, too, with Sharks games. They've given up a lot of shots on the point, a lot of outside shots, a lot of screens. So that's something else that kind of lends me to looking at some of the guys who are playing point on the power play, which is why I like the most power play point things like Dawson Mercer the other day, or looking at a defenseman like a Keandre Mill. Great, great call either way. Okay, Andre Miller, New York Rangers, plus 600 for Alex. He has the bargain bin special of the night comes through uh, once again. All right, let's get to Monday's card. We'll begin with, didn't we just see this? We did. We're seeing it again. In fact, there's a couple of rematch situations yeah. <laughs> uh, tonight on the NHL slate, and there's another one coming right up after this. But first, Keystone State Rivalry, part two, the sequel. Uh, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, they've met Saturday night. What a win by Philly uh, in that game. Uh, they squandered the lead late. It, it ended up going to overtime, but the uh, Philadelphia Flyers got the job done uh, against Pittsburgh on Saturday night. Penguins in revenge now on the road as the scene shifts to Philly. Uh, the Penguins minus 120 road favorite, six and a half the total in this game. Um, as far as this one goes, I mean, you're looking at, obviously, this is a rematch. Um, you saw Sam Arison get the start for Philadelphia on Saturday. They're going with Carter Hart tonight. Pittsburgh, of course, had Tristan Jari in net Saturday in their loss at home to Philadelphia. And now they're going to go with their backup, Alex Nedeljkovic, 
uh, here in between the pipes tonight for the Penguins uh, in this matchup. This is just a tricky spot. It's back-to-back. It's a Penguins team. I still don't want to lay a price with Pittsburgh. I know that. I still don't want to. Uh, And even though this is revenge, losing the other night, um, and laying, you know, minus 120 on the road, it's not something I'm overly rushing to do. Um, Philadelphia, of course, you know, you look at them. uh, They had lost two in a row. But, you know, the Carolina game was pretty competitive, even though they lost 4-1. It wasn't, you know, probably as dominant a victory for the Hurricanes as that score would indicate. They lost 4-3 in overtime in a game that they truly deserved to win. And I got lucky on that with New Jersey that night, uh, whereas uh, the Flyers deserved a better fate, but they lost 4-3 in overtime. They had 47 shots in that game. I thought they actually outplayed Pittsburgh slightly on Saturday night, so they were deserving of the 4-3 shootout win uh, the other night going into this one. Uh, 100% about what I'm seeing from, uh, and he knows, obviously this uh, commenter, you can tell by the name, knows the Penguins. Power play points under, this is the greatest indictment of Pittsburgh this season. This is a disgrace that they have the 30th ranked power play in the NHL with what they've got. That's that that's unacceptable. That 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 should not be when you have Gensel and Rust and Crosby and Malkin and you brought in an Eric Carlson who's supposed to be just the the, the guy that absolutely bolsters this power play and puts it over the top and it has done nothing of the sort so far for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So they've got issues, no question, with the uh, man advantage right now. Uh, it's not a game I have a, a strong take on uh, it overall. I, other than I might sprinkle a little bit on the draw, I hope I'm not a day late dollar short uh, here in this game because we saw the draw come through Saturday, So and I didn't get on it Saturday night. I did not have the draw Saturday. Saturday was nice. We had Boston-Toronto draw. We had Seattle-Montreal draw. We had a couple draw winners, but not in that game. So I'm worried, you know, I missed the boat and bet it tonight, watch it be a regulation uh, result for somebody. But I, I would still lean that way. I expect a pretty close game. What do you think here, Alex? Penguins, Flyers, part two. Yeah, so here's the thing about betting uh, overnight. So you got to kind of, you know, take a risk and gamble and, and go with your gut on thinking who's going to be starting in net. There's two games that I bet you, uh, you know, last night for today. Got lucky with the right call on one goaltender. Didn't get so much on this one. But then at the same time, when I kind of sit and look at Alex Nadelkovic starting for the Penguins, it's not necessarily horrible. Uh, this is a Flyers team that we talked about. They've been regressing, you know. Uh, and, and when you look at the quotes from Pittsburgh's locker room last night, and I don't know if you watched me, and then, you know, shout out to our old partners, National Hockey Now, but I saw some of the clips uh, with all the Pittsburgh stuff, and every player was pissed off. Sullivan was pissed off. They were not happy with their effort at all. And so I think Pittsburgh is going to kind of step up, not so much playing the Flyers, but playing themselves, challenging themselves to be a little bit better. And at this cheap of a price with that and this veteran core of, of, of Crosby and Latang going up against the Flyers, knowing how this rivalry is, I, I think they come out hot. I don't, it doesn't matter if the Duck will be starting. So I, I laid the dollar twenty with the Penguins. I think they get a big one tonight. All right, Pittsburgh minus 120. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's a, a fair point about the comments. And, you know, you would think this veteran core realizes when they're they're not playing up to standard uh, and they do something about it. Uh, the next game, they'll look to do something about it. Certainly that could be the uh, case here tonight against this uh, Philadelphia Flyers team uh, in a revenge situation. So we'll see how it ends up playing out. But you're right, minus 120. They actually have a winning record on the road, by the way, the Penguins as well. Uh, six and five, the road record uh, this year. But it's just hard to fathom that this team has just been so pathetic on the power play with the personnel that they have. 
uh, on this team. It's really uh, shocking, uh, it, quite honestly. Uh, Gensel, you're right. Gensel's in great form, Rich. That's true. I think if you're going to look at props, I mean, 27 points on the year, nine goals, 18 assists. Crosby still has the team lead in goals at 14 uh, for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. So I would honestly not overthink it if you're going to look at player props tonight. Gensel, Crosby, if they're going to win this game, they're going to turn things around and bounce back. It's going to start probably with those two tonight, making a difference here uh, offensively for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins tonight uh, against this uh, Flyers team. Um, so interesting matchup here. We'll see how that one plays out, as is this one here. Dallas and Tampa Bay, where we have another rematch situation. These teams met Saturday afternoon, matinee affair in Big D, deep in the heart of Texas. And Dallas didn't just beat Tampa. They beat them down. They totally embarrassed the Tampa Bay Lightning. Eight to one final score. A loss that was so bad. Even Andre Vasilevsky had to waive his you don't pull me from a game policy that he's got going on with John Cooper. He actually relented and, and it got to the point after the second period that Vasilevsky agreed, you know, to be pulled from the game. And that's when you saw obviously Ohansen finish that game uh, for Tampa Bay on Saturday. That's when you know it's bad because this this guy just fucking never refuses to come out of the game ever. And, and finally, uh, he uh, in this situation, John Cooper talked some sense into him and said, all right, Bassie, you're coming out. I'm not taking no for an answer. And it was the right call. What's he doing? There's no reason for him to be in there when it was, what, six to one after the second game was over. Dallas is not blowing that lead. You're coming off major surgery. Uh, that kept you out for a couple of months here. There's no need, you know, and you're struggling a little bit since you've been back. You know, there's no need to over, you know, complicate the issue. Get out of there, get rest. You don't have it. And he didn't have it. There was a goal or even a couple of goals in that first period in particular, where that's just Andre Vasilevsky does not let those goals in if he's on his game. And right now he's not uh, for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. So I know the knee jerk reactions, not necessarily us or anyone in the chat specifically I'm talking to, just in general. I know there's going to be a theory and a thought out there. Tampa Bay embarrassed on Saturday. You got to bet them here. Cheap price at home, coming off a loss like that. Revenge spot. It's meaningful revenge because they got totally humiliated uh, on home, uh, in Dallas on Saturday. But I don't know. I just I don't like what I'm seeing from this group right now. Uh, to me, if you look at the way they're playing right now, um, well, first of all, their their offense has really struggled during this four-game losing streak. They, they've been held up just five goals in the last four games combined, struggling to find the net. Uh, they're all, you know, in a drought at the same time, essentially. Stamkos point, even Kucherov's cooled off a little bit, you know, and that offense is not going for them right now. And they just aren't playing good enough in their own end. And if Vasilevsky is struggling still with his game, you know, and, and they're not scoring, how do they win right now, Tampa Bay? You've got to ask yourself that uh, at this point in time. I've said this before about the Lightning. When they've been at their absolute best past seasons, winning Stanley Cups, going to Stanley Cup finals, they've had bottom six forwards that gave a damn when they didn't have the puck on their stick. And what I mean by that is diligent checkers, diligent back-checking forwards, diligent defensive players away from the puck. I don't see Tampa Bay has those guys anymore. They don't have those Blake Coleman's, Yanni Gord's, you know, the, the great yep. players they had on that third line years ago. I'm seeing floating going on and on. Not hard enough. Not hard enough to get back and help your D on an odd man rush or on a turnover in the neutral zone. That's what I'm seeing from Tampa Bay. 
Like I, I, Tanner Janot can fight, but uh, I find his effort at times wanes defensively. Mikey Acemont, you know, is a little small, smaller, so he can get knocked off a puck too easily, uh, in my opinion. Um, and the list goes on and on. I mean, you've just got issues right now uh, with the defensive forward the group. The, the, the defensive component for the forward group is what I mean. You know, that to me is not as strong. Uh, as we have seen in years past. And let's keep in mind with the blue line, when you get away from Hedman and Sergachev, um, you know, Turnak is a not a great skater, and he's, he's great blocking shots. He's physical. He'll knock you down. But I'm telling you what, you can beat him with speed. And then you've got this Darren Radish, Cal, Cal, injury-plagued Calvin DeHaan and Nick Purbix. And, you know, you're looking at not a great depth on the blue line either at the moment for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So you put it all together and it's not um, uh, a coincidence here that they're struggling right now. And uh, especially when they're not scoring, you know, they need the goals to bail them out. They've needed the goals to bail them out all year because they go back to when Johansson had to play at the beginning of the year with Vassie out. They just haven't had, um, you know, they've needed the goals because the defensive, it's right. Perlow's right. The conscience of this team defensively is not even close, not even close to what we've seen it for Tampa Bay last year or two years ago or three years ago. And that is the problem right now with this team. So, you know, I'm staying off this game. I, I can't just say, yeah, let's bet Tampa Bay because they got embarrassed by this team and it's just automatic. They're going to win tonight. I don't think their form is any good. They're not playing well defensively. Vasilevsky has not gotten his game back since he's been returned uh, since he's been back for this uh, Tampa Bay team from the hip surgery. So, and plus, you know, it tells you all you need to know how concerned they are about Andre Vasilevsky right now. He hasn't even been confirmed to be the starting goalie tonight for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Clearly, Coop is just, um, you know, thinking long and hard about this. You know, is he is he not fully right? Is he not fully healthy? We thought he was. You wouldn't be able to tell if you watch him play lately. So there's a there's a chance we'd maybe not see Vasilevsky tonight. You would think nine times out of ten, if Vasilevsky's right, if Vasilevsky's healthy, he gets his ass kicked like he did against Dallas Saturday. He's back in the net, period, end of story. No question, not even a debate. It's not even up for discussion. You're seeing Andre Vasilevsky back in net tonight. But the fact they're hesitant on it right now to put him back in there tells me there's issues. I'm not sure he's 100% all there uh, health-wise at the moment, and that's concerning. Jake Ottinger is in net for Dallas. I have nothing on the side. I am leery of going to back Tampa Bay, even with the revenge motive. Revenge motive is not enough, and right now Dallas probably the better team at the moment uh, as well. So I'm passing on the side. I am willing to respect Tampa enough to know that they should bring it tonight. If they don't, shame on them. They probably will, but will it be enough? I don't love their form. So right now, nothing on the side, and I can't bet a Tampa game under right now. I can tell you that right now. So uh, over or nothing for me with the total here in this one. Uh, Alex, back-to-back uh, -back set here, Dallas-Tampa. What do you think? At the beginning of every month, I like to go all the way back to the beginning of the year and see things that I bet in the futures and stuff like that. And I look at, you know, the big plus 225 ticket I have on Tampa Bay Lightning to miss the playoffs. And that's fantastic value still to this day because this team is who I thought they were from the time I made that bet all the way to right now. What have we seen from every dynasty that has ended in the last 10 years. So Pittsburgh, Chicago, LA. What did we see break down when those teams finally stopped playing to the level of being a, a, a cup contender and a playoff contender? It was their team defense, not just goaltending, not just the blue line, but you mentioned it perfectly. The forwards who are playing better two-way, they're not doing that now. Those guys either aren't there or the guys who are there aren't stepping up. Tanner Janot 
They made all this hype and fuss about his size and physicality coming over from Nashville. That man hasn't done shit in a Tampa Bay uniform since he's come over from Nashville. I don't even know why we keep talking about Tanner Janot. Yeah, he gets to the one fight every, what, five or six you know weeks, and that's about it. He does nothing. He's a ghost. So, like you said, you're missing those kind of guys. And then you have Vasilevsky, who we talked about, back procedure. Out 10 to 12 weeks, didn't have training camp, didn't have preseason, didn't go down to Syracuse, just wanted to just – work out with the team, and all of a sudden think he's ready because he's Superman. And, yes, when he's healthy and 100%, he is Superman. But right now he's not. And when you have a back procedure, you have to kind of ease into those things. Just being a regular-ass person walking around, you have to ease in and walking around and doing things. Being a goaltender of his size and his flexibility, it's clear watching the game. And I said this for everybody talking about the value on, on Tampa now with Vasilevsky back, you have to be careful because we have to see what kind of form he's in. Right now, he is not nearly in the form that we're used to seeing him, and he's not 100%. Whatever he says, whatever Cooper says, bullshit. He's not 100%, and you can tell by the way that he played in that game and the fact that he wanted to get pulled uh, or at least you know let himself be pulled because he has this whole whatever uh, thing between him and Cooper where he can stay in the net as long as he wants. Very old school. I'd love to see Mike Keenan's. Uh, reaction to, to how uh, having a setup like that. But the fact that you're saying that and the fact, like I said, he's not coming back. We loved backing Vasilevsky off of a loss and a bad loss. That was something we were making money with for two, three years in a row. The fact that they haven't even confirmed him now at 2.31 Central Time, it just speaks volumes. If, I, if you play a side, it has to be Dallas or nothing. But I'm staying away from the side. I'm going both teams to score in the first period, uh, plus 160. I'll be going first period over live. I grabbed over six yesterday. There were some rogue ones flying around. If you can find one, grab it. Otherwise, wait in-game. Try and grab uh, Leia Price with five and a half. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's thousandth game for Victor Hedman, Rich. That is true. Um, that is true. So I'm sure they'll do they'll do something pregame. They always do this. They have the little portrait. They'll have the family out there, the Hedman family, before uh, puck drop. I'm sure of it. No question about that as he gets uh, prepared uh, to play his uh, 1,000th game. Uh, that's quite the milestone, uh, and he's going to be a Hall of Fame defenseman. There's no no question about it. No no question at all about it. To get to a thousand games is one hell of a, uh, an accomplishment, and he's just done everything well. He's a little more physical than you'd think. He's good in his own end. Obviously, puck movement and the booming shot, and the ability to quarterback a power play. We know he's done all that throughout his terrific, brilliant career, all with the Tampa Bay Lightning, including the multiple Stanley Cups. But uh, a great accomplishment. Uh, for Victor Hedman. So we'll see. You're right. There is that little intangible element that you, uh, sometimes you got to look at the uh, player props uh, when you got a guy in a milestone type of night. So I could see that for Dallas, you know, which props we're looking at the red hot second line, Mason Marchment, uh, Matt Duchesne, Tyler Sagan, throw in a little Joe Pavelski as well. Those are the four guys that are continuing to just get her done for the Dallas stars right now, especially Marchment. Tanner Janot is who uh, Mason Marchment is who Tanner Janot wants to be like. You know, he wants to be uh, the guy that can be a little physical, throw, drop the gloves every now and then. But unlike Janot, you get some offense. You get a lot more offense from uh, Mason Marchment, uh, and that's the big difference. Uh, Janot wants to be Mason Mar. He's a poor man's Mason Marchment uh, right now uh, for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Mason's playing great. Mason is, 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 uh, has been awesome. He's got five points in the last three games. He's got three goals in the last two games. Of course, our Saturday guest, Zach Urban, was on uh, Mason Marchment as his bargain bin special uh, on Saturday uh, against Tampa Bay, and he ended up finding the uh, back of the net in that game. I would not talk anyone out of keep rolling with the uh, the double M train right now 
uh, Mason Marchment for the uh, Dallas Stars, playing with uh, terrific confidence uh, at the moment. All right, Carolina, Winnipeg. Uh, we've got Carolina minus 145 uh, road favorites, uh, six the total here in this game. Um, we got the uh, Hurricanes that have taken a lot of money, uh, minus 120 up to minus 145 uh, here uh, in this one. Um, they're coming off, obviously, a very, very solid uh, 6-2 win against the Buffalo Sabres, bouncing back from a 5-4 overtime loss. Uh, they have played a little bit better lately, 5-2 and two in their last uh, seven games. So definitely you're seeing signs of the Hurricanes uh, getting things rolling, turning their game around. Fact remains, though, a lot of their wins have been at home. They're only a 500 home, uh, a road team, I should say, 6-6 six and six on the road, facing the uh, Winnipeg Jets, who are coming off uh, a 3-1 to one win against Chicago. Uh, to snap what was a three-game losing streak for them where they lost the final game of their trip at Nashville and then dropped back-to-back home games against Dallas and Edmonton. We'll see how they fare here in this one. This is a very, very tricky game because to me, based on where I thought this line should be, there's value on Winnipeg, no doubt, as a plus-125 home underdog here. But there are some factors that kind of you know, temper my enthusiasm, if you will. Number one, it's obviously Laurent Brossois in net tonight, not Connor Hellebuck. Uh, for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. He's been all right, um, Laurent Brossois, but he, his numbers aren't phenomenal uh, so far to this point in the season. The goals against is close to three uh, on the season uh, for him uh, in his starts, uh, and uh, 877 save percentage, that's not great. He got Antti Ranta in net tonight for the Carolina Hurricanes, and this is going to be Carolina's, or this is going to be Antti Ranta's first start for Carolina since he put up one of the most embarrassing stat lines you'll ever see from a starting goaltender uh, in an NHL game. Eight goals allowed on 14 shots. That's right. You're not seeing things. His last start, he gave up eight goals on 14 shots to the Tampa Bay Lightning, that 8-2 to two victory that the Lightning had uh, in Carolina, which was actually Andre Vasilevsky's first start back. Uh, this season for Tampa Bay uh, that game is really the only decent really start he's had since he's been back uh, and for Ronta it was a nightmare I mean he basically is given he's allowing the oppo- uh, the opposition to score on more than 50 percent of their shots that is about as uh, awful as it gets uh, coming off of that start and I know the way dressing rooms operate just from you know I've seen watched the game enough I've we've had a million players on this show and very fortunate to say that, that we've had so many great current and former players at various levels, NHL, AHL, minor pro, over in Europe, junior, college, you name it. I know there's something deep down inside where in the minds of Carolina, they're saying to themselves, we got to pull together for our goalie tonight after what happened to him that night. We can't let that happen to him again. Um, that was a, that was a, a embarrassment. I don't, and I don't care how the goals went. Not all of them were Ronta's fault, but eight goals on 14 shots. There's going to be that onus. I think for the hurricanes to say, you know what, this is Ronta's first start since that debacle, that eight, two loss to Tampa. He, he knows, and I'm sure he personally wants to be a lot better Ronta and look, Ronta has had an up and down season. So there's that question deep down inside. Can Ronta get his game where it needs to be? It hasn't been good enough from him. Not at all. 3.47 goals against, 8.54 save percentage. That ain't good. Got to be better, flat out. But I think tonight coming off, they know Ronta's last start was that Tampa game, eight goals on 14 shots. I think they rally around the goalie uh, and do everything they can to really step up 
and play a good, sound, hard, strong, defensive-minded game tonight for Andy Ronta coming off what happened to him uh, against Tampa Bay. So that's a long roundabout way of me saying that I leaned Winnipeg initially. That got me on. That that line of thinking got me on. So uh, I'm passing other than maybe I look at a draw potentially here with Canes and Jets. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Canes, Jets. Yeah, I'm just keeping it simple. Going first period over. Uh, I grabbed a dollar thirty-five. At this point, you could probably wait and wait a couple, get a couple minutes in game, get a better price. Three minutes in, four minutes in, you could probably even get uh, even money or plus money. And then I'm going both teams to score at plus one sixty. I'm pretty much going to be riding that with every first period uh, over. I have if it's one fifty or higher, plus one fifty or higher, then I'll be tacking that onto any first period overs I, I go with for, for this run right now. Um, a draw, I kind of, nah, it makes sense with, especially with Winnipeg, but like I said, I think Carolina could come out a little bit hot and Winnipeg has struggled to score early in games. So I'm actually going to go with the uh, hurricanes first period puck line as well with those first period, uh, over and both teams to score. Look, so I can see a two, one game. You can take a shot with a two, one Carolina lead as a, uh, as a correct score as well. You want to dabble in that. So yep. I'm 20, 20, first 20 minutes I'm focused on with this uh, contest. Well, I've noticed that. I've actually noticed, uh, especially with your first period overs, the ones where you also bet first period both teams to score. You know, I've noticed that more often than not all the time, but more often than not, uh, the first period, the both teams to score is hitting as well uh, in these games. The first period, both teams to score. That's why it's worth a shot, especially when you're getting, you know, plus 140, 50, 60. I've even seen some 70, 80 or 190s even yeah. with mm-hmm. the first period, both teams to score. I guess why or FanDuel. FanDuel, again, when it comes to first period, both teams to score. They honestly have better prices than anybody else. Draws better prices than anybody else. Player uh, props. That is- yeah, All of our yeah, high player props have been FanDuel, so yeah, exactly. So they they've just uh, they, they've got us coming back there because the uh, the numbers and the prices, you know, in a lot of instances seem to be a lot better there. Yeah, Perfetti, you know, I I almost don't want to mention you know the Cole Perfetti now anymore when we talk a Winnipeg game as far as player props go because it's like regurgitating shit I've said a million times, but it continues to be true. I mean, he's just been remarkable three goals in the last four games you go back to november 7th which is when this hot streak started for uh, cole perfetti uh, eight goals for him uh, in the last 11 games for the uh, winnipeg jets so he's been uh, absolutely consistent no doubt uh, he's absolutely the number one player prop uh, option for me in this game tonight without a doubt is uh, cole perfetti I'm, w- I'm i'm letting gabe velarde and gabe velarde's obviously been back now for a couple of games I'm letting him get his sea legs under him before I'm going to start betting Gabe Velarde props. He's not all the way back yet for uh, Winnipeg, so let's keep that. Yeah, need a rider off the con. Good call, Perlo. That's a that's a nice little angle. I've seen this. Sign the contract, get the extension done. It goes right to your feet, and then all of a sudden, here you go. It makes an impact. So the Nino prop, Nino need a rider tonight after the contract extension that he just inked. No doubt, that's something that three years, twelve million, by the way, with that deal for uh, Nino. You you think that's a good deal? That seems a bit high for hit for him. Seems a little high. I agree. Seems yeah. a little high. Um, yeah. but um, you know, Winnipeg, right? You have to think about the market you're in. You got to overpay sometimes to keep players there, keep players happy just a little bit. Yes. I mean, just based on the market, it is Winnipeg, and that's not saying Winnipeg's a you know a podunk town or uh, a slum or anything like that. It's just it ain't you know some of the other Canadian cities. It's not Chicago. It's not LA. It's not New York. It's not Miami or Florida or Las Vegas, at least where it's warm weather as well. That's an enticing element 
You know, it's not that either. It's just a small little on at this time of the year, really a cold, small little Canadian town with not a, a ton to do, you know, in it compared to other places. So you got to pay a little bit, pay up to keep players there. That makes and, sense. And I think yeah. That's a little product of it right there with uh, the Nino contract, maybe being a little bit higher than the number that he got there than you would think. All right, Seattle and Montreal. Uh, we've got the uh, Kraken minus 160 road favorites here. Uh, in this game, uh, excuse me, total in this one, six uh, shaded to the uh, over in this one. Um, gosh, what do you do here? I mean, you've got Seattle that I can't lay this price with on the road, and I won't lay this price with uh, on the road. Simple as that. Won't do it. Uh, Seattle's just not in very good form right now. Uh, we know that. Actually, that's a correction. The total here is six. They have definitely had their issues uh, as far as um, really everything. Uh, but especially defensively, they've really struggled during this skid. Uh, that's been an issue. They've dropped all the way now to 8-17. and 17. That's the record now for the uh, Seattle Kraken. Talk about one of my preseason disappointments. They're right up there uh, at the moment, Seattle, with what we have seen uh, out of them. Four-game losing streak, 1-5 in their last six games. And like I said, they did get shut out by Ottawa 2-0 before that. Uh, they had given up uh, 13 goals in three games against Vancouver, Chicago, and Toronto. Um, it's just been a struggle uh, for the uh, Seattle Kraken right now. Uh, and we'll see if they can turn things around. But uh, the road record, which was once very, very good for them last year, not so much this year, 4-10 and 10 for the uh, Seattle Kraken on the road entering tonight. There's no way I'm laying a buck 60, uh, given the, the struggles of this team, really at both ends of the ice. Uh, and it's everything, too. I could say probably make a case for their uh, special teams not being that great. The power play has kind of cooled off. Penalty kill uh, has had their issues of late as well. And then at five on five, it's just been uh, at both ends. They've just been outscored, outchanced in a wide variety of different categories uh, at even strength. So it's all basically festered uh, together and culminated in these uh, woes that we're seeing right now. Uh, from the uh, Seattle Kraken. On the flip side, though, Montreal coming off a hard-fought game against the uh, Detroit. I'll say this about Montreal. For as much as this team you know, has had their struggles and obviously they're rebuilding still for the future, you know, it's a competitive effort and a hard-working team most nights. And they showed that against Detroit. I mean, they were down 4-1 to one in that game. Could have mailed it in. They didn't. They rallied back. They tied the game 4-4 and then ended up uh, falling short 5-4 in overtime. Uh, against the uh, Detroit Red Wings in that game. We'll see how they fare here in this one tonight against uh, Seattle. But when I look at the matchup here, yes, Seattle has won three of the last four meetings between uh, these two teams, but not to me do they have anything close to the form that I need, that I trust out of a team that's a minus 160 uh, road favorite at this point in time. Here's one where I would consider the draw a little bit harder than, say, maybe the Winnipeg game in particular. You look at Seattle, um, even in the losses, you know, we've seen four of their last uh, nine games go past regulation. Montreal has seen uh, overtime or a shootout two of their last five games. Uh, I think there's some potential for that here. But with this total being six, uh, it looks like Grubauer back in net from uh, the Kraken and Sam Montembeau uh, in net tonight for the uh, Montreal Canadiens. But Grubauer is just in one of those bad you know, downturns again, three goals, four goals, three, three. I mean, he's given up at least three goals uh, in, in, let me just see here. It's a bad run here for him. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, last eight starts. 
Philip Grubauer's given up at least three goals. So that's not what you want to see. Montreal, I, I mean, the fact they scored four goals, came back against uh, Detroit, and did that with uh, everybody that's out of the lineup right now. The, the being new hook is now on IR, and they've been without Raphael Harvey, Pinard, and Doc for a while. Uh, and yet they are still finding and three starting defensemen out, including Savard and Jordan Harris. So uh, they've got Jaden Struble and Johnny Kovacevic now mostly uh, on their um, third pair right now on the blue line for this uh, Montreal team. So, yeah, all kinds of issues. I like over here, over six uh, in, in this one at around minus 115. And I'm going to go with a smaller look toward the draw. There are a couple props that make sense to me in this game. Again, with Seattle, uh, I would stick mostly to Eberle, Beniers. And I think it's time to send Tolvin in as well on the third line. has been the, the one depth forward that's been scoring for them. They did call up Max McCormick. This is a guy that's been in the Coachella Valley uh, organization in the minors with the AHL team. It's a good, hardworking player. I think they need some of that. They need a Max McCormick, someone that's going to just work his ass off and try to get, get the other guys going. But here's the big prop here for me in this game that stands out. The last time this guy was moved up the lineup to the top line, he came through for us with a prop. I think it might, might have been a bargain bin, maybe not, but it was definitely, I mentioned it, and it was a prop, I bet. He's back on the top line tonight for the Kraken, and I think Dave Axtall knows he might be someone that can jolt that unit a little bit. Ty Cartier back on the top line tonight for the uh, Seattle Kraken. And he does have two goals in the last four games uh, for Seattle. Now moving his way back uh, up the lineup onto the top line with uh, Maddie Beneers and with uh, Jordan Eberle uh, here tonight in this game for the uh, Seattle Kraken. Um, he's going to uh, shift Jared McCann down to the second line with Wenberg and Tanev. And I think that's kind of to get the second line going a little bit more, uh, putting McCann on that unit. But Cartier, Cartier expected to be on the uh, top line tonight with uh, Eberly and with Beneers. So definitely interested in Ty Cartier tonight with the props. Goal prop plus 450 uh, at Batano, plus 115 to get an assist, but especially that goal prop, plus 450. For a number one line player, you don't get that, and you don't get the chance to bet something like that every day uh, or every game. Uh, take advantage of that value. And remember the last time we saw him up on the top line earlier this year, he was able to get it going and make an impact. So Ty Cartier plus 450 uh, for the Seattle Kraken, now up to the top line. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Seattle, Montreal. This is the one game I didn't have anything on. Uh, it's a clear pass for me. Like I said, you know, I know – a lot of people I've talked to like Montreal under. I saw people in the chat talking about unders and overs and, and shop around too. Cause there are still some six and a half. You put six and a half earlier. There, there are some six and a half. If you, if you float around, if you do like an under, I'd say probably go on and lay it with a dollar 25 or a dollar 30 uh, and secure that, that under six and a half. Uh, I, I just not really sure where this game's going to go back and forth. Like I said, Seattle has been a massive disappointment. No way you can lay a price with them, even in regulation uh, on the road right now, but I'm not, really comfortable back in the Habs, even at plus 140, so it's a pass. All right, uh, nothing wrong with that. We move on to Washington and Arizona. Capitals, Coyotes, uh, Arizona minus 125, home favorites, uh, five and a half the total here in this one. Yeah, that's not a typo, five and a half, a rare five and a half of the total here in this one. How about Connor Ingram, number one star of the week uh, in the NHL? Um, never thought I would see that day. But this is a great story that is unfolding right now with the Arizona Coyotes. It's a guy that when he joined the league, there were struggles. There were rough nights. There were some absolutely horrendous nights uh, for Connor Ingram earlier in his career, particularly with Nashville 
uh, his first team. But this is a guy that's worked hard. He's continuing to try to get better and better with every game, every opportunity. And he has been absolutely outstanding. Borderline lights out for the Arizona Coyotes. Four straight starts that he has won. He's 4-0 in his last four starts. In his last five starts, here are the, here is the total goals he's given up in his last five starts. Seven. Seven goals in his last five starts combined. He's been absolutely outstanding. Right now, I don't know about elite long-term, but absolutely right now he is um, playing the best hockey of his NHL career. And credit to him because he's obviously worked at it. Uh, he's obviously back in net tonight. Andre Tourney is riding the hot hand that is Connor Ingram. And what's impressive, too, about the Coyotes, they win another game the other night against St. Louis. Uh, they now move to 7-4. and four. Here goes that strong home ice again uh, at Mullet Arena, where they had a great home record last year. They're now 7-4 and four on home ice this season. Um, what's impressive about them winning games like this, <laughs> four in a row, Vegas, Tampa, Colorado, St. Louis, uh, in their last game, uh, they're doing it with both ends of the ice. They're scoring their defensive game, and especially goaltending has been great. But they're doing this without Jack McBain. They're doing this without Barrett Hayton. They're doing this without uh, Travis Dermott on the blue line. Travis Boyd, and one of their centers, is out. You know, they haven't even been a fully healthy team the last uh, few games, and yet they have put together this great stretch of hockey. Um, Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz have been great. Matthias Michelli, Lawson Krause, and Nick Bukestad has been a great second line. And there may not be a forward right now at this moment in time that is hotter than Michael Carcone for the uh, Arizona Coyotes. He's been absolutely outstanding. He's another player prop worth betting tonight. He's uh, uh, on, on fire, on fuego. Five goals in the last five games uh, entering this game tonight for um uh, for Michael Carcone, six points uh, in the last five games for him as well. So Michael Carcone has been absolutely terrific uh, for Arizona. Absolutely a great prop. One of my favorite props of the night, in fact, just with the great form he's in. And then on the flip side, you've got Washington, who, you know, continue to befuddle a lot of people, myself included, with that, with the wins, that the record is 12-9, and nine, that they're better than we've thought. But, you know, we're starting to see them level off just a little bit. You know, losing to Edmonton, losing to San Jose. They only beat L.A. 2-1 to one because Charlie Lindgren was just Marty Brodeur that night. That, that, that's it. They didn't play good. Charlie Lindgren was Marty Brodeur that night. That is why uh, Washington beat L.A. that night. They slipped past Anaheim in a game where, you know, I don't think they played that great. Uh, and then, of course, they lost to uh, Vegas 4-1. to one. And I saw in that Vegas game a tired team. They look tired. They look like they were worn down. It's been a long road trip. San Jose, L.A., Anaheim, Vegas. And I believe this team heads back home to face Dallas after this game. So this is that penultimate last game of a road trip. We want to get home. We're tired. We're worn out. We're exhausted. We're beaten down a little bit. Uh, let's get back home. I like Arizona again here at home, just like Saturday night, minus 125 uh, in this one. Alex, what do you think here? Capitals, Coyotes. Yep, right there with you. I, I grabbed that uh, earlier, like to, yes, uh, earlier this morning, rather. Capitals look to be dead, tired, and I could expect to see a game with some heavy legs. And this is not a team that uh, you want to be facing tired. Arizona has a lot of energy and speed, especially at home. We talk about that Mullet Arena ice. I think Arizona can make this game quite ugly, honestly. I, I might even take a shot with Arizona and the over combined. But uh, but I'm on, I'm on the Yotes here, and I, I definitely think the Capitals – 
to lay egg as, as, like I said, wrapping up the road trip. And keep in mind, as you mentioned, that game uh, back home against Dallas Thursday, it's an ESPN game, first game off of a very long road trip. So let's see how the Capitals play in this one. If, if they look completely gassed, we might have to look to fade them again when they go back home too, but uh, on the notes. Yeah, I like Arizona as well. Uh, look, Tom Wilson, I agree, Rich. Um, but the thing is, too, he did have a hat trick. He's probably going to cool off at some point. But right now, he's the go-to uh, if you're going to bet any sort of player props with Washington. Of course, he got their only goal Saturday night in the 4-1 to loss against the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. But, yeah, he had four goals in the last two games. Um, him and Strom, if not for those two guys, uh, him and Dylan Strom, don't know where the hell Washington's offense would be. And Mantha stepped up for a bit, but Anthony Mantha is not someone I trust to keep that going uh, indefinitely. And now Evgeny Kuznetsov as a Spencer Carberry, the young coach. We're seeing these young coaches. They're not afraid to send a message to one of the star players if that player needs a kick in the pants. And uh, Spencer Carberry is doing that. Kuznetsov's a lazy fuck, man. He, really <laughs> is. he is just, he is, if he doesn't score for you, and doesn't do jack shit offensively for you, he is useless to the hockey team. Useless. Because he will not back check. He will not be physical. He will not take care of things away from the puck. It is that simple. So sit his ass down if he's not scoring. He doesn't do anything else for you that's good or a plus for the hockey team. So if he's not scoring, he's got to sit. Simple. <laughs> completely, completely agree. Yeah, that's the way it is. And he does that. You'll get him uh, every now and then he'll score a gorgeous goal and do that stupid bird flap for him. Well, now he can fly his way to the pine and fly his way to the bench and just sit there. He tonight. might fly his ass um, to another team at some point. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm -hmm. exactly. I don't I wouldn't want him. He just, he's not the kind of guy I think of. I'm going to win in the playoffs with that guy. Simple. I mean, uh, he just isn't to me. Very lazy hockey player, uh, in my opinion. Uh, and not someone that, like I say, if he doesn't score for you, he doesn't help the team in any other way. He doesn't. Um, so that's the problem with uh, Kuznetsov. So I, I'm, I'm totally with Spencer Carberry on this one. Uh, it's long overdue for him to be a healthy scratch, and uh, we'll see if it's a wake-up call for him when they get back home. All right, final game of this uh, Monday night card, St. Louis and Vegas. We've got the Golden Knights minus uh, 200 uh, in some uh, places here as uh, home favorites, uh, and the total in this game currently six, uh, shaded to the over. Uh you know, we, we look at Vegas as a team that, you know, went through a little bit of a rough patch there, but they ended the road trip with a nice, solid win against um, Vancouver, return home against Washington, team that they're better than, uh, and they take care of business. And it wasn't one of those deals where it was 4-1. and uh, No, it was a dominant 4-1 uh, performance. Vegas was the much better team Saturday night uh, against Washington. So it's definitely some signs that Vegas is getting their game uh, back together again. Uh, St. Louis rolling in just five and eight on the road. Uh, the Blues have, uh, you know, been basically back and forth all year. Win one, lose two. Win two, lose two. Win one, lose one. That's kind of been the pattern they've been in. Uh, they lost, beat Buffalo six four, but they lose to Arizona four one uh, in their last game. You know what's funny is that they have given Vegas tough games uh, in the past. I mean, the last six meetings, it's an even three and three uh, with these two teams. Uh, you look at the matchups in Vegas. Vegas won 4-1 a couple of years ago. Uh, uh, October 2021, St. Louis came into Vegas and won 3-1. Uh, St. Louis came into Vegas last year, November 12th, and won 3-2. And then they played right before Christmas in Vegas, and it was a 5-4 shootout win for Vegas. So they have not had an easy game of it at times with the uh, St. Louis Blues. But 
it's one of those games. I just, I, I'm not going to take Vegas, but I, I don't have enough confidence. I don't have enough faith right now in uh, St. Louis's game uh, overall. That being said, the last uh, cu- couple of games here for them, you know, they've had some really, really bad looking in terms of the flow of the play, like the Minnesota game, they got dominated. The Buffalo game, they got absolutely dominated, yet somehow were able to win six to four. And if you look at Vegas now, these last two wins after that rough patch, they have not only won those games, but, you know, 80 to 44 in the shots on goal department over Washington and Vancouver. You know, they're really getting back to that that old Vegas way of getting things done, controlling the flow, not giving up much defensively to the opposition. And that's what I like to see. So Vegas starting to round back into the form that we know they're capable of, even with still the injuries they have. Like they're still without several key cogs, Martinez and Theodore. Uh, in particular on the blue line. And Aiden Hill out, by the way. So you will see Logan Thompson get the uh, start tonight in net for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights uh, in this game. It should be a Jordan Bennington for uh, St. Louis, who's definitely been up and down lately. So not really a whole lot here um, in this one. Maybe I lean Vegas team total over three and a half, but that's about it. What do you think here, Alex? Blues, Golden Knights. Yes, another one with the combo in the first period. First period over. I would lay the 140 here. Uh, I think we can get a goal early enough to where I wouldn't want to wait and screw around and try to grab a uh, plus price. And then also both teams to score, you get plus 170 at BetMGM uh, with that number. So just riding it, keeping it simple with both of those. Logan Thompson, he said, not that big of a drop off from Aiden Hill, even though he's played, he hasn't played as well this year, but I'm just saying overall form-wise, now that Logan Thompson's back, getting the starting net, maybe we see the bump with him like we did with Aiden Hill uh, in early February last year, where all of a sudden he goes on this hot run. So, uh, I'm not more too worried about the fact that he'll being out. If it's much longer than that would be concerning, but as of right now, they could keep the, keep the thing rolling and Vegas should get a win here, but I think we see goals. So, uh, give me the first period over and give me both teams to score the first. All right. There it is. The classic combo for Alex, not the, uh, Wendy's combo or not, not anything like no. that. We're talking, <laughs> no, we're, no, we're talking, uh, first period over and both teams to score in the first period combo. Uh, for Alex with the uh, Blues and the uh, Golden Knights. And, yeah, Marsh is so one goal from 200 in his career. Um, yeah, I, and he does do well against the Blues. I could see it. You know, I, with Marsh so the ship has sailed. You know, he's going he's gonna to be priced like an elite goal scorer now, uh, especially after that insane run in the Stanley Cup playoffs for him, leading them to the Stanley Cup. Like, now you're lucky if you get plus 140 you know, for Marsha so to score a goal. And that's what you've got here tonight around plus 140, plus 145. But you're right, it does make sense. He needs one more for 200, and he has done very well uh, against St. Louis in the past. All right, great stuff. That is the uh, Monday uh, NHL card. Hit the like button. Over 250 live viewers right Thank now on you. YouTube. We appreciate it very much. We yes. hope you enjoy the show. Sides, totals, player props, every game on the board. Nobody does it like us from an NHL betting perspective right here on the uh, ice guys and a couple of show announcements. The main one being we have officially locked in our bet cast date for the month of December. It's next Tuesday, December the 12th. Okay. Mark it on your calendars. Then this is the main free for all open to the public. Everyone's invited bet cast for the month of December, Tuesday, December 12th, a week from tomorrow, 7 PM Eastern time. So mark it on your calendars, 7 PM Eastern, Tuesday, December 12th, our December Ice Guys Live BetCast. As always, it's fun. You know, if you've been watching these BetCasts and you've been joining us on the stream, you know how much fun it is. We also aim for it to be very profitable and lucrative. 
uh, as well. So looking forward to that next Tuesday, December 12th. Write it down. That's your December Ice Guys live betcast. Yeah, definitely looking forward to that. And also, you guys want to check out the Ice Guys store. If you missed out on the, the great sale, the 15% off on the free standard shipping, unfortunately, that did come to an end at midnight. But you can still order. Uh, you can either use, I'm looking it out, for, especially for the Canadian viewers, uh, and you can use premium or express shipping to make sure you get any uh, orders in before Christmas. Anything that's going to be standard going international, that's going to have to be after the holiday season. For those of you in the States, you still have time to use standard shipping to order things. That's iceguys.myspreadshop.com. We've got everything fully in stock, so don't want to miss that out. All right, good stuff. Um, there you go. All right, let's get to bargain bin special of the night. Um, and I'm telling you what, I, there's two that I am torn between, and I've already mentioned the two on this show earlier, and I am torn which one I'm going to roll with here for bargain bin special of the night. It came down to Michael Carconi for the Arizona Coyotes, which I do like quite a bit, plus 480 at Batano. He's on an absolute tear right now. It's a really good look. Man, I'm tempted to go with that, but I already decided I'm going to go with my other consideration for bargain bin special of the night. If there was ever a night I could go for two bargain bin specials, I'd go with one, but we can only choose one. And the one I'm going to go with is Ty Cartier for the Seattle Kraken because we know this guy has a proven track record of being moved up to the top line by Dave Haxtall and him getting the job done and finding the back of the net in this spot. Plus 450 at Patano. Good situation. They're looking for a little bit of a spark. He's done it before when he's been up to the top line playing with Beneers and with um, Jordan Eberle, uh, and I think he's got that opportunity again tonight. And he scored two goals in the last four games for the uh, Seattle Kraken. So his current form, even before getting this elevation to the top line, has been there for uh, Seattle. So absolutely, uh, Ty Cartier for Seattle, plus 450 for my bargain bin special of the night. Yes, of course, Jake Neighbors. I didn't mention Jake Neighbors, JT. And that Now, Vegas doesn't give up a lot. They've been good defensively these last couple of games. So I'm worried, is he or anybody on St. Louis going to score a lot tonight? We'll see. But Jake Neighbors is go-to uh, with his player prop right now. And we've talked about him. So the only concern there is the matchup. You know, I don't know how much the Blues are going to uh, score tonight against that good Vegas team defensively. But I certainly think Jake Neighbors still worth a look. But yes, Cartier. For Seattle, my bargain bin special of the night. Alex, you rocking with anything for a bargain bin tonight? Yeah, I am. We're going to that Keystone State battle. Looking at the Pittsburgh Penguins, like I said, that team was not happy with the effort they put up uh, yesterday. And I think they like said they're all going to step up and challenge themselves uh, to play a, a better effort. So one of the players I'm looking at, like I said, that veteran core has got to lead the way. I'm going with Chris Letang plus 550 to get a goal. He scored in the game uh, on Saturday. He has 11 goals in 64 career regular season games against Philly. Uh, guy who's on the point on the power play and, of course, on the blue line, top blue line. So let's go with Chris Letang to get a goal, plus 550 available at Fanduel. All right, good price. Chris Letang, Pittsburgh Penguins, plus 550 uh, against Philadelphia. And he scored the other night against them, and you mentioned that great track record he has against the uh, Flyers. So Chris Letang for the Penguins, plus 550 for Alex B. Smith with his bargain bin special of the night. All right, best bets to wrap it up. Alex, what do you like for best bet? Yeah, we'll head out to the desert. We're going to go with uh, the Arizona Coyotes taking on the Washington Capitals. This is a Yotes team that's been playing well. we got to ride this Connor Ingram train while it's hot. We don't know how long this is going to last. So getting a, a decent price at $1.20, $1.25 against the, what should be a fatigued and kind of slower Caps team tonight. Uh, give me the Yotes here as my best bet. There you go. Arizona Coyotes minus 125 against Washington. 
uh, best bet for uh, Alex B. Smith on this uh, Monday uh, NHL card. Uh, my best bet for this card, I'm going to go back to Montreal, La Belle Provence. We're going to go Seattle, Montreal, over six, minus 110. I like this price. I think Seattle, you know, after getting blanked by Ottawa, I think it's a good positive expectation spot for them to get the offense back on track, which I know the focus is where that's where it will be, especially when you see the lineup changes Hackstall's making. Montreal struggling to give up give with giving up goals, but they can still score even with the injuries. They're still finding ways to put the puck in the net. It's not like Seattle's keeping it out of their net. So Seattle, Montreal over six, minus 110, my best bet for this Monday card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week. And if you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Monday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Tuesday for another edition of the Ice Guys. 